1972, I was a freshman in high school, and something very extraordinary happened that year that one would never forget. A World War II Japanese soldier was discovered hiding on the island of Guam. His name was Soichi Yokoi. He fled there in 1944, fearing execution as the war turned against the Japanese. He had been hiding for 28 years. He lived in a cave coming out only at night. He survived by eating frogs, rats, snails, shrimp, nuts, and mangoes. He had no idea that an armistice had been signed granting all Japanese soldiers complete amnesty. And two hunters found him one day and escorted him out of the jungle to freedom. As I read that tragic incident again, I was reminded how important it is to stay in touch with your commander-in-chief, isn't it? How important that is. Had Mr. Yokoi been in communication with his superior officers, his self-imposed exile would have ended in the 1940s. And he could have lived in the freedom that had been secured for him, and he would have not wasted almost three decades living in bondage to fear. Is there a spiritual application to us as Christians today? I think there is. And that is prayer is vital to the spiritual battle. You see, without continuous communication with our heavenly commander, we can lose all sense of what is going on. We can fall into error and confusion, and rather than living in freedom, we can live in defeat. So it should not really surprise us in many ways that as the Apostle Paul finishes out his instruction on the armor of God, he comes to the subject of prayer. This morning, I want you to take your Bibles and turn with me again to Ephesians chapter 6, verses 18 to 20, and I want to bring a message this morning entitled simply, Stand Firm in Prayer. Stand Firm in Prayer. And I want you to notice what God says to us in verse 18 down to verse 20, and today our focus will be on verse 18, but we'll read all three verses. And listen to what God says. Praying at all times in the Spirit, with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. And if we wonder how much the Apostle Paul felt the need of prayer himself, notice what he says, and also for me, that words may be given to me and opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. Now this morning in our message, I, I want to do two things. First of all, I want to see the connection of prayer to the armor of God. And then I want us to see how to pray to stand firm in the spiritual battle. So let's look first of all at how prayer is connected to the armor of God. You'll notice in verse 18 that the two words, praying and keep alert, are the key words. 
Now, they are participles in the original language, and so what that means is they are connected to the preceding commands. Stand firm, verses 13 to 15, and then take up, take the armor of God, verses 16 and 17. So what this tells us then is verse 18 is the means through which the prior instructions are accomplished. So listen to what Paul is doing. These are boot camp instructions for how to pray in wartime conditions. That's what Paul is giving us. Prayer then, he is telling us, is one more way in which we stand firm resisting Satan and it is a way that we put on the armor of God in this battle we are in. Now, Paul does not only tell us here, pray, but he tells us how to pray. And so, let's look at what he says now on how to pray to stand firm, all right? And there are four instructions he gives us. Number one, we must pray for help. We must pray for help. Verse 18 says, with all prayer and supplication. Now the word prayer here is a general word that refers to our communication generally with God. But supplication is a specific word that means to ask for our needs. So I want you to notice here what Paul is doing. He moves from the general to the specific to emphasize that the kind of prayer that we need is a request for God's help. One Bible translation translates it this way, do all this in prayer, asking for God's help. Do you know Paul is actually here echoing what Jesus said in Luke 21 verse 36. Let me read for you what Jesus said. But stay awake at all times, said Jesus, praying that you may have strength. To escape all these things that are going to take place and to stand before the Son of Man. Do you notice all the similar words? Stay awake at all times, praying that you might stand. And Jesus says the focus of this prayer is that we might have the strength or the help of God. Now this is so important for us to understand. We must never understand putting on the armor as sort of a mechanical operation that we can do on our own. You see, a Roman soldier could do that. He could very mechanically just pick up the pieces of armor. He could put on the helmet. He could pick up the shield. He could put the belt around his waist. He could take his sword and stick it into the sheath. He could do all of that in a very mechanical way, but spiritual warfare is not like that. My old professor Tom Constable said this, our greatest resource is God himself, and his help comes through prayer. Our greatest resource is God himself, and his help comes through prayer. When you consider all that we are called upon to do with the armor of God, you just begin to realize how much we need God's help. Just think of some of the things we're called on to do. 
We're called on to put on the belt of truth when compromise will get us ahead or out of trouble. We are called on to put on the breastplate of righteousness when sin will satisfy the flesh or enable us to avoid confronting evil. We're called on to take up the shield of faith in the midst of trials that press us on every side when God oftentimes seems absent or far away. And all of this, every piece of the armor requires a strength that is superior to our own. So where are we back to? We're back to verses 10 and 11, aren't we? Be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God. And we cannot put on the armor unless we take hold of God himself. And prayer is how we take hold of God, isn't it? Prayer is how we take hold of God. And so Paul says to us, we are to pray for help. Notice the second command here. We must pray as a habit. We must pray as a habit. Verse 18, he says, praying at all times, at all times. Now it's interesting, this word times is a little different than uh, the other word that is used in the Greek language for time. This is the word kairos. And kairos does not mean clock time or calendar time. It's just a little past 9.30. That is chronos time. But kairos time means time as significant events. Time has significant events. Right now is church time, isn't it? We're now in summer time, aren't we? Later today, there will be dinner time. This word for time refers to the season, the period, or the occasion of time. So when he says, praying at all times, what he means is this... Whatever you are doing, pray. Whatever you are engaged in, pray. Bible teacher William Barclay said this, Our tendency is so often to pray only in the great crisis of life. But it is from daily prayer that the Christian will find daily strength. That is so very true. It is from daily prayer that the Christian will find daily strength. I try to have my Bible reading and prayer time in the morning before I come to work. It's probably the most important hour of the day for me. For some of you, that time may be in the afternoon or it may be in the evening. And I would just say this to you, I hope you have a set time for prayer. I hope you do. Because scheduled things get done, don't they? The dentist appointment gets done because it's scheduled. The shower gets taken because it's scheduled. Supper gets eaten because it is scheduled. And prayer gets done because there are set times for prayer. 
And what I do in my time of prayer is I pray through the various types of prayer, and I will mention that a little bit later. And then I have a prayer list where I pray for the needs of people that are on that list. It's a way of cultivating prayer as a habit. But Paul is also here talking about praying to God during the day as needs arise. I was listening to a pastor uh, some time ago who was uh, in a sermon said that one day he was counseling a person in his office and he didn't know how to respond to the need. And so he said right there in the counseling appointment, he just put up a prayer to God saying, Lord, help me to know how to answer in this situation. Now he said the person I was talking to didn't even know I had prayed. He said, my eyes were open. It was a silent prayer. And I just simply spoke it between me and the Lord on the spur of the moment because I was aware of how much help I needed in this person's life. You see, there was a pastor who had the habit of praying at all times. A habit of praying at all times. Whether they are set times that you have scheduled or emergency times as the need arises, we are to be people that cultivate prayer. I want you to notice the third command here. Thirdly, we must pray in the Holy Spirit. We must pray in the Holy Spirit. He says, praying at all times in the Spirit. Do you know what this tells me? Prayer is so important that it cannot be properly done without the Holy Spirit. In the book of Ephesians, the Apostle Paul mentions the Holy Spirit 14 times. That's an average of more than twice per chapter. And as we look at this phrase, we have to ask ourselves, what does it mean to pray in the Holy Spirit? Well, here's the interesting thing. The Bible says the Holy Spirit assists us in praying in four ways. And if you understand those four ways, then you know how to pray in the Spirit. So let me give them to you this morning along with the scripture references, because this is so important, you can't pray properly without the Holy Spirit's assistance. Here they are. Number one, indwelling. The authority to pray. It is by the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit that we have the authority to pray. In Ephesians 2.18, it says, we have access in one spirit to the Father. Without the Holy Spirit, we don't even have the right to pray. But if he is living within us, then he gives us the authority to pray. A Bible teacher, Haddon Robinson, who taught for many years with Radio Bible Class, said this, The name that should come easily to your lips in prayer is Father. If the Holy Spirit is living within you. Number two. Inspiring. Inspiring. The Holy Spirit gives us the desire to pray. 1 Corinthians 12.3 says, No one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. 
Think about this. Here we are this morning as a group of believers addressing the Lord Jesus Christ and we can't even address him apart from the Holy Spirit. It is his presence and motivation in our lives that gives us the very desire to pray. When you bow your knees before the Father as the Apostle Paul does in Ephesians, it's because the Holy Spirit is wetting your appetite to speak to God. Number three, interceding. The help to pray. Romans 8.26 says this, Sometimes because of confusion or being overwhelmed with our circumstances, we don't know how to pray. We don't know what to say. We can't form the words and Romans 8.26 says, in those times we need to know the Holy Spirit is interceding for us. Think about this. Jesus intercedes in heaven. The Holy Spirit intercedes in our hearts. We are covered by prayer 24-7. As you sit here in the service this morning, there are two people that are interceding right now for you. Jesus in heaven and the Holy Spirit in your heart. And then finally, number four, the Holy Spirit insists us by instructing. He shows us the way to pray. Romans 8.27 says that he prays for us according to the will of God. So by his example, here's what the Holy Spirit teaches us, that prayer is submitting to the will of a wise father. Prayer is submitting to the will of a wise father. So if someone were to say to you this morning, the Bible calls on us to pray in the Spirit, what does that mean? It means four things. Indwelling, the authority to pray. Inspiring, the desire to pray. Interceding, the help to pray. And instructing, the way to pray. That is praying in the Holy Spirit. Some of us may remember a Major League Baseball pitcher by the name of Dave Dravecki. Dave Dravecki was a very effective pitcher. In fact, the year that catastrophe hit him, his team was on their way to winning the pennant. But he got cancer in his arm, and eventually the cancer became so large and disruptive that his arm was amputated. And his shoulder was amputated, and his career was ended. And Dave Dravecki had a wonderful testimony. He wrote a book about his experience, and I want you to listen to what he said. I have learned that God's silence to my questions is not a door slammed in my face. I may not have answers, but I do have him. Isn't that beautiful? God's silence is not slamming a door in our face. 
when we don't have answers, we have Him. And when you can lose your career and your livelihood to cancer and you can pray like that, that's praying in the Spirit. That's praying in the Spirit. Finally, number four. We must pray being heedful. We must pray being heedful. He says in verse 18, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. Keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. You know what that means? It means that we must pray with spiritual alertness to the threats we constantly face from Satan. He is saying be heedful to the threats that you are constantly facing from Satan. I, I used to I have a friend who used to guard the nuclear weapons out at K.I. Sawyer Air Force Base. And I want you to know, and you know as well, that when you are guarding nuclear bombs, you do not fall asleep. Because you know if these nuclear bombs get in the wrong hands, we got big problems. And it's the same with prayer. When we realize the danger we face if Satan finds us unprepared or napping, we will not neglect prayer. It's interesting here when the Apostle Paul says, with all prayer, with all prayer, he's talking about different kinds of prayer. And he's illustrated that in the book of Ephesians for us. He opens the book of Ephesians with a doxology, which is a prayer of praise to God. Then later he has two prayers of intercession in which he prays on behalf of the Ephesians. And then in chapter 5, he calls on us to give the prayer of thanksgiving to God. So Paul illustrates in the book this statement with all prayer, and he's talking about all kinds of prayer. Did you know this? The various types of prayer counter Satan's various strategies. I never really understood that until I started seeing this and studying this. But the armor of God is designed to help us to counter the various strategies of Satan. And the various types of prayer help us also to counter some of his strategies. So, think about this, when we are praying in the various ways that God has given us to pray, we are putting on the armor and we are countering many of Satan's strategies. Let me give you some of them, all right? Thanksgiving counters discouragement. The prayer of thanksgiving counters discouragement. It has long been known that thankful people are less discouraged people. That's long been known. 
And so when we are thanking God for what he has done, it counters discouragement. Did you know praise counters anxiety? Praise or doxology counters anxiety. Praising God for his attributes and his wonderful works makes us less anxious. Isn't that what many of the Psalms are? Many of the Psalms are prayers of praise to the Lord that counter anxiety in times of trouble. Intercession. That counters self-pity, doesn't it? It's pretty hard to feel sorry for yourself when you're praying for others, right? It's long been known that if you're in the doldrums, go do something for somebody else to get out of the doldrums. And intercession for others will keep you from the slough of despond, self-pity. Confession counters sin. Every Christian should regularly confess their sins to God. You know what I find? When I come to confession, I always have something to confess. And you know what confession does? It makes you more sensitive to sin. And the more sensitive you are to sin, the more you want to fight sin, so confession counters sin. You know what praying with others will do? It'll build unity. When you pray with others, it builds unity. I never feel closer to any human being than I do when I'm praying together. The most special times that Ellen and I have when we feel closest to each other are when we pray together. And I've learned this. You can't be mad at people and pray for them at the same time. Right? If you're mad at somebody, start praying for them. You will either stop praying or you'll stop being mad at them. You cannot pray for people and remain mad at them. And then praying scripture back to God is a way of meditating on the sword of the Spirit. Right? What did, what did we learn about Jesus? He meditated on the law of the Lord day and night. If you want to meditate on scripture, pray it back to God. It is one of the great ways of meditating on the Word. And so... Paul says, we must pray being heedful of the strategies of Satan and how the various ways of praying counter those strategies. Let me close this morning with two comments from Two well-known pastors. The first one is Pastor Joseph Hall, who was an English pastor. And this is what he said. He said, Satan rocks the cradle when we sleep at our devotions. It 
If we sleep at prayer, guess who's more than happy to rock the cradle? Satan is. And then Pastor John Newton, who wrote Amazing Grace, said this, Satan trembles when he sees the weakest saint upon his knees. Are you the weakest saint? You get on your knees? Satan will tremble. Because he knows you're laying hold of God. And when you lay hold of God, you're laying hold of the armor. How do we pray to stand firm? Well, we pray for help. We pray as a habit. We pray in the Holy Spirit. And we pray being heedful. And that's how we stand firm. Let's thank the Lord together, shall we? As our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed, if you're like me, you may well feel that the weakest link in your Christian life is prayer. And if someone were to come to you and say, how's your prayer life? If you're like me, you would say, it could be better. It could be better. And Father, we know that the reason it is often the weakest link in our Christian experience because Satan works so hard against it. Satan knows that prayer in all the ways that you have given us to pray works against his strategies. He knows that prayer is the means through which we put on the armor of God that is our protective barrier against him. And so he works against prayer. Lord, help us today as we meditate on these words from the Apostle Paul to begin to take steps. Maybe they'll be small steps, but steps nonetheless to pray at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication and keep alert with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. 
For this is how we stand. For Jesus' sake, we thank you. Amen.